Our scripture today is found in Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 11. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, because the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law did not do, since it was weakened by the flesh, God did. He condemned sin in the flesh by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh as a sin offering, in order for the law's requirements to be fulfilled in us, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on the things of the Spirit. Now the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset of the Spirit is life and peace. The mindset of the flesh is hostile to God, because it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it is unable to do so. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. Now, if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life through the Spirit who lives in you. Amen. Indeed, as Stacy said, amen at the end. When you uh, read a passage like that, it's hard not to uh, just have this um, overwhelming, uh, you know, acknowledgement for how good our God is and how trustworthy his word is. But first, we're going to look at a website. Uh, let's get this. There we go. What Three Words um, is, a, is an app and uh, it's a website that proclaims its as the easiest way to talk about location. And so on Tuesday, I downloaded the app and here's what I read. Quote, street addresses don't always take you to the right spot and many places don't have an address at all. What three words has given every three meter square in the world a code? Or as we like to say, a what three words address. The words are random, no hidden meeting meanings, and it will always stay the same. It's never been this easy to find and share very precise locations. Uh, millions of people across the world are using three word addresses to find, share, and describe places faster and more easily from festival goers and travelers to delivery drivers, event organizers, and postal services. And if you've ever order something online and it's not come to your address or ended up in the wrong place, then uh, what three words might be a solution for you? So, for example, the, uh, w- the three-word address for the public phone outside North Gore Pizza. Hands up if you know where the public phone is. Hands up if you know what a public phone is. <laughs> okay? And then hands up if you know what I'm talking about, the public phone that's outside North Gore Pizza that I believe still works, which is incredible. Anyway, so the what three words for that phone is, is bulb, giant, and handles. 
bulb giant handles, and there's the foam. Okay, that is the phrase. If you go to what three words, type in bulb giants and handles, then you, then you know exactly where to meet. Uh, so let me tell you about the time that I nearly had my first kiss. <laughs> Unfortunately, it wasn't with Wendy. I have, uh, I have one of those pasts. I should have tattoos. It should be one of those passes, right? <laughs> Which has tattoos. I have a past. I have a history. Anyway, uh, th there was this time when I nearly had my first kiss. I was in Duravelin Comprehensive School in Neath, South Wales. I was walking home from school with Gemma and we were going out. We were going out, that's what he said back then, we were going out. Don't know where, we didn't really go many places, but we were going out. And uh, we were on a footbridge that crossed Neath Abbey Road, and we were on the school side of the footbridge. There was this moment when I was about to go in for the kiss, when I chickened out and I gave her a hug instead. <laughs> and then I spent my entire journey all the way up to Lyros Park Drive, totally kicking myself. Um, so I could tell you all this, I could describe the footbridge and where the road was in relation to the school, and with enough time, I could give you enough specific details that if I then sent you on a plane, all expenses paid, to the UK, I might be fairly confident that you could perhaps maybe make it to the right spot on the right bridge. Or, I could do this. I could type in the words, puts, raced, and bleat. Just check that's right. Don't want to end up in some other place. Puts, raced, bleat, near Neath, Neath, Portalbert. There it is. And then if I go to Street View, put me just here. Then, this is the bridge. And that is the very location there where I chickened out, <laughs> gave her a hug, and walked the rest of the way home. Puts, race, bleat. So I can tell you how to get there, or I can tell you the three words, puts, race, bleat. And I know that th these three words would take you to that place of significant shame and regret in my life, where I nearly had my first kiss. So, let me show you how easy it is. Can I have a volunteer here? I want someone to come up. Okay, Noah, our perennial volunteer. Let's, uh, let's, let's give Noah. I think he's angling to take over my job eventually. So, uh... All right, so I want you to... I'm going to give you three words. Okay, so you have to kind of look there. You have to get to the right place. You can use a mouse if you want. It's probably a bit easier than using the trackpad. Okay, so I want you to type in these three words, and then I want to tell you where are we going to meet. Yeah, just move around a bit, or just use the trackpad. Yeah, okay. There we go. Okay, so are you on the right place? Okay, these are the words. Rips, R-I-P-S, rips, cucumber, dot cucumber, dot proceeds. Okay. <laughs> rips.cucumber.proceed yeah yeah sorry okay and then go to the end and then type in dot proceed 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 like carry on proceed 
that? Yeah, where, uh, where am I meeting you? Okay, you can tell me now. Alaska. No. What are you telling me? Rips.cucumber. Proceeds, proceeds, proceeds. There we go. Okay, now hit that and tell me where we're going to meet. Near Paris. But where exactly? The Eiffel Tower. Not just the Eiffel Tower, but this is the north tip of the north pillar of the Eiffel Tower. This is how specific we can get. Okay, one more. I want you to go here again. Eh? Uh, well, if you're on street view, then you'll fall off. Oh, I see it. Yeah. So, so actually, so if you just click there, Noah, the uh, arrow, and then you can see exactly where you are on the map itself. Money. Look at that. Yeah. Right at the tip, the, the north tip of the north, right at the tip of the north pillar. Okay, one more. So if you could go back to the thing, yeah, good. Type in nervously. Yeah. Dot. Jesters, jesters. Jesters, yeah. Yeah, dot outlook. Okay, dot com. Nope, and then just hit, hit there. Oops. Okay, where are we? Cornerstone Wesleyan Church. No, not just Cornerstone Wesleyan Church. Where are we specifically? I can't tell. Okay, zoom out. Uh, actually, here, look. If you go here to the, to the map... This is, this, this is a fun thing to do. Where are we? Oh, we are we're here, which is where? Stage, right here. Exactly on this spot. There we go. All right. So if you ever want to send a missile to this location, just say nervously.jesses.outlook. And that will be great. Thank you, Noah. That was uh, awesome. So in uh, 2020, uh, what three words was used by... 14,620 Vodacom, which is a South African uh, phone service, 14,620 Vodacom subscribers in emergency call-outs, including a seriously injured construction worker and a collapsed elderly woman. Three words that save a life. And this morning, we're going to look at three phrases, not words, three phrases, not to save your life, but to find your life. So let's uh, start reading at Romans chapter 5, verse 6 says this, now the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset of the spirit is life and peace. The mindset of the flesh is hostile to God because it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it is unable to do so. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. We're starting our new summer series, and we're spending some time in the book of Romans, uh, starting with three weeks in Romans chapter 8, then spending the next three weeks uh, moving in and out of Romans 9, 10, and 11, as we continue to follow the uh, Revised Common Lectionary, and this series is, is, is called Broken, Good News for Tough Times. And this morning, I'm going to encourage each of us to download the spiritual equivalent of the What's Three Word words app into our minds and hearts so that where whenever we are or wherever we are or whoever we're with or whatever we're experiencing we can always find our lives in Christ why is it that we need to find ourselves because even if we're saved sometimes we can feel a little bit lost and in these times we need good news for tough times Romans chapter 8 calls uh, this having the right mindset. 
And we all know the importance of having the right mindset. If you don't have the right mindset starting a new job or persevering through a big project at home or trying to rectify a tense situation, then things will either never be resolved or they can go very wrong very fast. And when we're talking about spiritual things, the stakes are infinitely higher. So we need to have the right mindset. So over the next few minutes, I want us to kind of loiter with intent uh, in Romans 8, 1 through 11. And here's my goal, is that, we, is that each of us will at least know how to access the right mindset, the right spiritual mindset. And we do this by practicing the discipline of locating ourselves in Christ using three short phrases or three words so that when someone asks you, hey, how's it going? On the one hand, you might say, well, it's pretty good, or I'm tired, or I'm excited, or I'm weary, or I'm at the end of my rope, or not too bad. That might be your response on this side. Uh, And these words and these phrases refer to your emotional reality or your physical reality. But at the same time, you can say, yes, this is how it's going, but this is where I am. And how things are going and where you are are two very different things. This is where I'm, I'm located. This is where I'm ultimately found in Christ. And this mindset, um, I believe, can quickly help you to locate yourself in Christ. Three phrases to find your life in Christ. Verse 6 and 7 talks about just how important it is that your mindset is correct. Now, the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset of the spirit is life and peace. The mindset of the flesh is hostile to God because it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it is unable to do so. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. The mindset of the flesh, here we read, is hostile to God. Why is this? Because it does not submit to God's law. In fact, as Paul says, it's not just that it doesn't. It says that it is unable to to please God. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Paul is saying that over here we have death, which is option one, while over here we have life and peace. And it all hinges on your mindset. Is your mindset fleshly or is it spiritual? In other words, having the right mindset rubbishes the idea that somehow we can sit on the fence when it comes to things of God. It's, it's either death a fleshly mindset, or it's life and peace, a Holy Spirit mindset. Now, what does the word flesh mean? Because, you know, if you're of a particular generation, as soon as you hear those words flesh, you're like, I know exactly what that means. It means wearing jewelry or painting your, not painting your hubcaps black or wearing, or wearing a wedding ring or whatever your legalism is, you can go straight to that that explanation. But John Stott, a very eminent theologian, he explains the word flesh. And he says this, by sarks or flesh, Paul means neither the soft muscular uh, tissue, which covers our bony skeleton, nor our bodily instincts and appetites, but rather the whole of our humanness viewed as corrupt and unredeemed, our fallen egocentric human nature, or more briefly, the sin dominated self. What Stott is claiming is that whatever part of your life you've not given over to Jesus as an act of submission, that is the flesh. And Paul says that those who are in the flesh cannot please God. 
The flesh is hostile to God. In other words, it's saying that there is a civil war going on in here and in here, in probably most of us this morning. Now, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, the Russian novelist who spent eight years in labor camps or prison camps in Russia, he says this, gradually it was disclosed to me that the line separating good and evil passes not through states, nor between classes, nor between political parties either, regardless of what we hear in, in the media today, but right through every human heart and through all human hearts, this line shifts inside us. It oscillates with the years and even within hearts overwhelmed by evil, one small bridgehead of good is retained and even in the best of hearts there remains an up. An, an unuprooted small corner of evil. So that's how Alexander Solzhenitsyn explains this war that's going on inside uh, us. So now that we've determined that the right mindset is absolutely vital, let's now check out mindset number one that will help you relocate yourself out of the realm of the flesh and into the realm of the spirit. So the first mindset of the spirit-led life is this. In Christ, I am not condemned. Let's say that all together. In Christ, I am not condemned. If you are in Christ, it is vital that you set your mind on this truth. In Christ, I am not condemned. Verse 1 of, of Romans 8 says this, Therefore there is no, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. Regardless of how you feel, if you are in Christ Jesus, you are not condemned. Why? Because the law of, of the Spirit of Christ Jesus has set you free, notice that past tense, from the law of sin and death. You are now free from the law. And of course the question is, okay, what law? Well, John Stott again explains this. He says this, that the context seems, seems to demand that this is a description of God's law, also known as the Torah. In this case, to be liberated from the law of sin and death through Christ is to be no longer under the law. That is, yet yeah, to give up looking to the law for either justification or sanctification. In other words, the person with the right mindset knows that they cannot make themselves right with God. There's nothing that they are able to do. Um, in fact, trying to earn God's favor through doing the right thing actually leads to sin and to death. It's only through Jesus and through his completed work on the cross that we can be right with Father God. And so just as he bore our sins in, in, in his body, as 1 Peter 2 says, so his righteousness becomes ours. It's this great exchange. We are freed from having to keep the law to earn God's favor. Why? Because Jesus has already done it for us. So the first line in our three-phrase address that will always help us spiritually locate ourselves is this, that I am not condemned in Christ. I am not condemned. This is amazing news. This is life-changing news. This is game-changing news. Now, if you're outside of Christ this morning, this unfortunately is not true of you. 
Not yet. As John chapter 3 verse 18 says, anyone who believes in him is not condemned, but anyone who, who does not believe is already condemned because he has not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God. So if you're not in Christ this morning, it should be your first priority in life before anything else to get right with God by believing in Christ, by placing your trust in him by hinging your hope on him. Because in Christ, we move from being condemned to there is now therefore no condemnation. Regardless of what you've done, from that point onwards, the slate is wiped clean. That's the first mindset. The second mindset is this, that sin is condemned. Let's say that together. In Christ, sin is condemned. So set your mind on this. In Christ, sin is condemned. Verse 3 says this, for what the law could not do, since it was weakened by the flesh, God did. I think that those two words are my favorite words in the Bible at the moment. He condemned sin in the flesh by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh as a sin offering in order that the law's requirement would be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Um, Elizabeth uh, Brunig uh, in 2019 wrote this uh, in the Washington Post. These are her words. It's a, reasonable, it's a reasonable impulse to want to rid the world of evil. This is an article that she's wa- uh, writing about yeah, capital punishment. And, and so she kind of ends her, her, her article saying this. It's a reasonable impulse to want to rid the world of evil, but there's no earthly institution capable of reliably doing that or even coming close. Perhaps that will only be possible in the final accounting of all things. And she's right, okay? One day, God will root out all evil. He will bring evil and sin to an end. And this is represented in the Bible by, the, by what's known as the lake of lake of fire. Revelation chapter 20 verse number 10 says this, that the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet are and they will be uh, tormented day and night forever and ever. Uh, Revelation 20 14 says death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. While one verse later we read anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Revelation 20 15. And right after that image of the lake of fire, which is frankly horrific, um, where the devil is thrown along with death and the grave and anyone whose name is not written in the book of life, we read this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. So Elizabeth uh, Brunig's wish for this final accounting will take place according to the book of Revelation. Evil and sin and death will be done forever. Meanwhile, we're, we're located in this time in between Christ's first coming and his second coming. We're located in this moment where evil is not yet finished with once and for all. Things still feel broken. This is a tough time. But Romans chapter 8 tells us that even though sin has not been completely eradicated, it has been condemned. Verse 3 says, he condemned sin in the flesh. Meaning that on the cross... Jesus started 
the countdown. He served sin its notice. The days of sin are numbered. Sin is fully aware that the new heavens and the new earth has no place for it. And if you're someone who's ever been wounded or sinned against, this is good news for you. And this phrase, he condemned sin in the flesh, is so important because what it says is that one of the reasons that Jesus took on flesh, one of the reasons he became human, was so that he could do what none of us is able to do, to live a perfect life in the flesh and to die a perfect death in the flesh, breaking the hold of sin over us. He did what no one else was able to do. For what the law Law could not do, since it was weakened by the flesh. What are those next two words? God did. Keeping the law of Moses could not save. Adhering to to the Ten Commandments cannot save, as Jesus explains to the rich young ruler in Mark chapter 10. And so the reason the law that God himself gave to Moses cannot save is because it's weakened by the flesh, meaning that we're not strong enough, you know, to keep it. However good and powerful the law is, we can never keep it. We fail all the time. Now, imagine if I tried to bench, I don't know, I picked a number, I was thinking of my weight, added a few pounds. Imagine if I tried to bench 250 pounds. Is that a reasonable amount? Can you, can you bench 250 pounds? Fairly decent, okay. <laughs> I.e., I could not do it. Um, and I tried to lift this 250 pounds, but mid-lift, the weight dropped on me, and I was stuck, and I'm lying there embarrassed and frustrated and in pain, and so I blame the weights, and I blame the bench, and I blame the gym. But we all know that if I can't lift the weight, it's not the weight's fault or the gym's fault. The weights cannot be lifted because I'm too weak to lift them. It's my fault. And then along comes Mr. Dominic Willette, and he lifts the weights <laughs> off me. This is an accurate representation. I think that the, uh, you know, you know, the head-to-body ratio is spot on. But he... He comes along and he lifts the weights off me so that I could get out from underneath them. Romans 8 verse 3, For what the law could not do, since it was weakened by the flesh, God did. I can't blame the law. It's just too heavy for me to lift. But what I can trust in is Jesus, who is strong enough to live under the law and to lift the weight of the law so that I can be free from it, so I can come out from underneath it. And so don't miss the finality of that statement that God did. God did. He did it. In Christ, God was made in the marred image of sinners who were originally made in God's perfect image. Why? To restore that image in us. In order to lift us up where we belong. And in order to do that, he needed to come down to where he did not belong. In order for there to be no condemnation for us, he needed to condemn sin in the flesh. He needed to come down where the issue was and the problem was for what the law could not do, 
Since it was weakened by the flesh, God did. He condemned sin in the flesh by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh as a sin offering in order that the law's requirement would be fulfilled in us. God condemned sin in the flesh by Jesus completing the test of perfectly living and dying as a human. He did what we could not do and can never do. And because he did it, sin is sin is condemned and because in christ sin is condemned so in christ if you are in christ you are not condemned there's no condemnation for you i'm out from under the weight of the law there is no, there is nothing for me to lift anymore there is no condemnation we uh, went to see mumford and sons on thursday night and uh they didn't sing this song, but I think that Mumford and Sons understands Romans 8 because they sing these words in the song, Sigh No More. It says, love, it will, it will not betray you, dismay or enslave you. It will set you free. Be more like the man you were, you were made to be. You are not condemned. Sin is condemned. Love sets you free. So, these are our first two locations. I am not condemned. Sin is condemned. And finally, the, the, the third key to locating yourself in Christ, no matter how you feel, is live accordingly. For those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on the things of the Spirit. Romans 8 verse 5. What does is, what is living according to the Spirit mean? It means stick close to God. It means walk in his footsteps. It means shoulder the easy yoke of Jesus Christ. It means walk in the Spirit's strength and power. It means don't go through life alone trying to lift that weight all, all on your own. Because the, the moment you try to go it alone and then you screw up, have a guess what happens? You forget that there's no condemnation for you. And you forget that sin has been condemned. And then the shame overtakes you and you spiral down into coping mechanisms that have nothing to do with living in the kingdom of God, that are of zero help to you. In other words, you willingly or unwillingly, willingly, I guess, you put yourself back under the weight and try to lift it again. And you're stuck because you cannot lift it yourself. So, how are you living this morning? Are you living according to the flesh and trying to cope by yourself? Or are you living according to the Spirit and allowing Him to free you from the weight that is lying on you? If you're living according to the flesh, then why don't you pray these words from Asherita Chuchu? I'll read them out loud. And if you know this morning that you're living in the flesh, then just mouth these words along with me. She says, I confess that even though you are available, so often I don't run to you. It's so easy to run, run to my phone or to my pantry or, or to my, my preferred distraction instead of running to you. My heart is prone to wander. Draw me back to yourself in steadfast love and devotion. 
Amen. In Christ, you are not condemned. In Christ, sin is condemned. And in Christ, you can live accordingly. Now, of course, this is easier said than done. This isn't a quick fix solution. This isn't get these three things sorted out and you're never going to have another problem again. Absolutely not. Here's the truth that you will struggle and you will fail and you will sin and you will fall. But here's the beauty of what happens next is that even if you do fall and sin, instead of saying, well, that's it. I'm a failure. I feel rubbish. This is my reality. Instead, in that moment of your lowest, you can say, I know what my three phrase location is in Christ. I am not condemned. Sin is condemned. Live accordingly. And in response, you will experience God's cleansing. You will experience the Son's love and you will experience the Spirit's power once again. Keep reminding yourself of this Romans 8 mindset. Keep reminding yourself of these three phrases to find yourself, to locate yourself in Christ. That in Christ, let's, let's say it all together, I am not condemned. Sin is condemned. Live accordingly. And as you do this, you will see that your life will start to take on a different trajectory. You will see that you are living out of this glorious reality that you are not condemned, that Jesus has taken care of this sin problem, your sin problem on the cross, and that the Spirit empowers you to live according to the Spirit by having your mind set on the things of the Spirit. You are finding your life where it should be, not in your emotions or your circumstances, but instead in Christ. You can say, this is how things are going, but this is where I am. Let me leave you with one last image. You cannot overcome gravity. I cannot overcome gravity. It's the law of nature that acts on you and me. And the law of sin and death is like gravity. You and I aren't able to beat it or to transcend it. But what would happen if someone came outside of our solar system, outside of our world, outside of the, 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 the law of sin and death? And what if this person came into our world and they built a rocket, a rocket over, which is powered by a fuel that could overcome the law of sin and death? that could launch us beyond the limits of sin and death into a new way of living. In order to overcome the inescapable law of sin and death, this real gravity, you need a more powerful law, the law of propulsion and and aerodynamics. You need a rocket ship. And to overcome this law of sin and death, you need a more powerful law, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Because the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death in Christ. You're already in that rocket ship. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. Now if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then 
He who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life through his Spirit who lives in you. In Christ, you are not lost. You are not alone. You are not abandoned. You are not condemned. Sin is condemned. Live accordingly. And before you know it, you will find yourself in Christ. Christ.